0: Hi, this is Kareem Kanji. At the end of this podcast, I have a really important message for everyone who wants to do their part during this COVID-19 crisis. I hope you enjoy the podcast and stay for a very important message. Now on to our episode. Welcome. My name is Kareem Kanji, and today's guest is award winning filmmaker Francis Luta. Good morning, Francis. How are you doing?
1: Good morning. I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm very well. Thank you.
0: Um, I'm guessing this will be a first of many Zoom calls today or this week for you. It seems we're all doing Zoom these days.
1: Yeah, it's Monday, start of the week, so you're the first one. This is my first (laughs) Zoom.
0: Yeah. Um, Listen, we'll obviously get into uh, this amazing film alone across the Arctic um, but uh, life has changed for so many people and I would be remiss if i didn 't ask you um, how has it changed for you? how are you coping and dealing with uh, with uh, self isolation
1: to be honest with you i 'm a homebody at heart yes, I love adventure um, but uh, this this whole self isolation isn 't really <laughs> isn 't really new for me. I feel like everyone is just kind of in on it. Um, But in terms of the film industry, I mean, everything is shut down. So Mm. that's kind of an isolating feeling. But I feel like I've been more productive um, in the last two, three weeks with just, you know, starting projects that I started... You know, like a year ago, a couple of months back, finish finishing them now. I still have some freelance stuff that I need to do, uh, like freelance videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and just started creative projects at home. Like it it's it's been really um interesting.
0: That's amazing. I've I've noticed that for people that have worked remote or from home. Um, they're they're finding, you know, unless obviously they've got uh families uh, they've been able to deal with this, uh, a lot easier. They're going, welcome to my world. This is fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got, um, so my wife is here and then we've got, uh, my son and my niece, uh, here and it's, uh, it is a full house and it's, uh, our home is not meant for everybody to always be <laughs> in the same, in the same place all the time. So, um, it, it is interesting to deal with. It almost feels like we're at, uh, at camp, and it's raining outside all the time, so uh, we're, we're forced to sort of stay indoors and and figure things out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Your film was supposed to debut. You talked about the f- the film industry. Y- your film was supposed to debut already, or or upcoming.
1: It was. We were supposed to premiere it at the Canadian Film Festival on March twenty fifth, but that's wow. been postponed to um, I don't know when actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we were able to premiere it back in December 2019 at the Whistler Film Festival. So that was, that's a saving grace that we got amazing to, uh, to an audience. Um, yeah. well,
0: but, Let me, let me ask you about the, uh, the reception. We'll, we'll to obviously talk about the, the making of the movie and everything, yeah. but tell me about the reception at the, uh, at the BAM Film Festival, or sorry, the Whistler Film Festival.
1: Whistler Film Festival, I would say was the ideal festival to premiere a film like that. I would say, mm-hmm. um, I was I was very nervous going into it because it's not it's not where I'm from and I didn't really have any control in terms of, you know, getting people in those theaters because my network is not there. So I really relied on the festival to do that for me. And I think they did a really great job in bringing people to the theater. Um, I got some really great questions. People were engaged. Nobody left the theater. People stayed for the Q and a, it was, it was a really great experience. Oh,
0: that is amazing. How did you, so, so the film, let's, let's set the stage here. The film is about, um, Adam Schultz going on this crazy four month journey across the Arctic. Yeah. By, by foot and by canoe. Um, how did you how did you meet adam
1: so i uh I met Adam through my partner Jeremy Benning and uh, another director named Gary Lang uh, Gary and Jeremy did a sizzle shoot with Adam in 2014 for a network they wanted to this network wanted to pitch um Adam as this like next adventurer guy mm-hmm. um so they shot a whole bunch of footage that basically didn't go anywhere. So at the time in 2014 I was looking for basically just anything to do with film and <laughs> you know building my reel basically my editing. Oh, okay. At the time. Yeah. So Jeremy had the brilliant idea of you know hey why don't you do something with this footage maybe create like a trailer. So mm-hmm. I did, I created a trailer. Adam caught wind of that trailer, liked it so much that he used it on his website and then I took that opportunity to basically tell him, you know, maybe we should do something from scratch. We'll do like a short film. Yeah. And we did in 2015. That's called Explorer. And in that short film, he introduces the idea of his, you know, next record breaking expedition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how it happened.
0: Was this was this film this short film? Was this like a, a biography of sorts?
1: Yeah, it's like an introductory short film to Adam's persona. Yeah.
0: So how, did you ever think, you know, he does this alone. Did you ever talk about you ever joining him on this and sort of you and a team of people following him, but not sort of getting involved at all?
1: Uh, no, that was not, He does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the short film, I did go camping with him because I needed to showcase, I, I wanted to shoot it myself, you know, his survival skills yeah. and all that. But for this one, he actually asked his friends first. If I remember correctly, yeah, um, nobody was able to do it because no one can really, you know, take off that much time yeah. without being a professional explorer doing yeah. that for a living. So it was really tricky and he got some, you know, just random people and fans approaching him, asking him if they could, you know, tag along. But, you know, that's tricky in itself because you would have to almost kind of know the person before going into a uh, feat like that. So yeah. It, it wasn't by choice at first for Adam to okay. do it alone, but there was no other way to do it, so it's he did it alone. But in terms of me joining, it it wasn't really discussed. Nor I, I don't think it would it would have been a different film if I went with him.
0: Yeah, when when I sort of read the um, the write up to it, you know, I I know that you dropped in. What about was it three times?
1: Yeah, so we dropped him off. Me and a skeleton crew team um we dropped him off the arctic circle sign to get his to, to get him started yeah and off we went and then i went alone in the middle leg of the journey um about 3 hours north from yellowknife to do yeah. this drop and then uh the last one was at the third leg which is then the meetup point the the conclusion
0: yeah um, did you so so when i read that i go okay so they're they're going to have footage of the wilderness, of, uh, you know, like three different times. And then as I'm watching, I go, wait a second. Adam is like, he's literally filming this whole thing. Tell me about that discussion you had with him on what to film, how to film and all that sort of stuff.
1: So before going to the Arctic, me and uh, my two other, well, there's three cinematographers involved, Jeremy Benning, Martin Wojtunek, and Mike Reed. Uh, we trained him how to use a camera. It was it actually took a lot to convince Adam to bring the camera that we chose for him, which is the AX100. It's a 4K camera. Wow. Um to him, it was just cumbersome and too heavy. But we didn't really give him a choice. It's like, look, if we want, <laughs> if we want the film to have a life after this, you know, like a streaming platform, it would have to be 4K. Yeah. So that was a challenge in itself. Um, what was the second part of your question? How oh, bi-
0: how big is this camera?
1: Uh it's like a little bigger than your maybe like two palms. It's okay. Like a palm size. Yeah. Um, but i, I mean, know he's
0: he's carrying it as he's as he's uh yeah, as he's canoeing you know you, you kind of figure okay he's got it mounted somewhere on the canoe, but as he's sort of uh uh you know those areas where he needs to you know he needs to track and drag his canoe and all his stuff over like his portage stuff
1: we also outfitted him with gopros so the oh, wow, AX- okay. camera that, that's the 4k camera that's um that's more for like the talking heads when he's inside his tent yeah. Uh, and the outdoor okay. stuff, like the, the canoe the canoe shots, that, that, that would be the GoPro. Oh, okay, I mean, you, wow. you, you can tell, right? The GoPros are slightly distorted on the edges of the frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he's got some amazing pictures. Like the wildlife was just outstanding.
1: Yeah, it was it was almost dreamlike in sick like fantasyland. I think Adam said it in the film. It's kind of like land before time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so tell me, like, did you have to did you guys discuss what to film?
1: Yeah, I had a I actually had a schedule um created for Adam, you know, like for for like every week I need you to get this much footage for per day per hour. Um so it was all kind of mapped out. Um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it was it, the the filmmaking aspect for Adam was last in his priority because sure, sure. The time it was just going from point A to B race against time, right? yeah so um yeah it was it was tricky but in terms of the film and being alone and using the cameras like i it, it was it was a conscious creative decision to have adam alone um and nobody else shooting with him as soon as we as soon as he gets to the arctic so it really stays true to the title you know alone across the yeah. arctic. alone he shot it himself yeah the middle chunk of the film that is
0: for sure um how did you like did you guys ever communicate throughout the journey at all like outside of you at the beginning the end and in the middle
1: was was in the middle chunk we communicated via satellite phone i was actually
0: communicating
1: a lot with his fiance at the time and she would if i couldn't get a hold of him directly i would I would talk to her and she would yeah. pass my message on to him. So it was a really unique way to direct somebody. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end, for me, on my end, I was making a film. For him, he was, you know, doing an expedition. So yeah. marrying the two. You know, I had my needs and mm-hmm. he had his. But yeah. um, our main was of- uh, texting.
0: Sorry, say that again. You just uh, conked out. A- oh, sorry.
1: So our, our main uh, mode of communication was um, satellite through, via satellite phone, Yeah, through text message.
0: So how, how did you sort of, you're sort of going in blind or you're letting someone else um, sort of take these shots. Um, did you have to wait literally till the end to get everything and go through everything? Or did you know what was going on and you started to imagine how this film would
1: look? it was a bit of both so when we dropped him off we the reason why we wanted to drop him off is so we could get our um our hero shots for you know the Mm send-off and so when he went we went back to the city and i had a bunch of footage only through our cameras and then at the he, he was shooting all that time when we came back after dropping him off yeah. Um, up until I met him again on the second leg of the journey where we traded memory cards. So I gave okay. him, uh, you know, fresh ones and he gave me his used ones. And so um, it was kind of a tricky, challenging way of making a film where, you know, like I said earlier, it, it was kind of, he he basically did what he wanted to do at the end of it, you know, like I had no, sure. like, you know, I I love, you need to give me, those sweeping wide shots of of the land, because that's what I want to see. That's what people want to see. Yeah. Because a lot of us will never really get up there.
0: Oh, no, never. It takes
1: a lot of effort to go up there. Um. So I, you know, I did direct him to set up the camera and and um maybe take a break from your journey for a second and shoot some <laughs> shoot some <laughs> shots. So yeah, it was it was tricky in a sense that he he uh he. No, maybe I shouldn't really say this. On-
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, you guys fought a lot. It sounds like
1: <laughs> we didn't. The thing is, he—I'm an artist. He's an academic. Yeah, you know, but put put those two characters in a room together and make a film. It was it was challenging. But you know, like I have nothing sure. but most respect for Adam. He the feat that he did, you know, it takes a special kind of person to do that. And I have nothing but respect.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely a
1: challenging feat on my end. It was an expedition in itself on my end making this film.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. It's um, so, so you get, I'm really curious. So you get, you get all this footage, you know, yeah. halfway through. Um, obviously you're, you're watching it. You're going through it. Um, like, did you look at it with two sets of eyes? One as a director, and a filmmaker and the other one as just a you know wow what an amazing scrapbook sort of thing
1: I looked at it from three point of views one as a director which is selfishly looking at it one as a producer it's like oh maybe we could have you know done this and that and three as, as an audience member yeah um when I looked at the when I looked at the footage it was first off like hats off to Adam like it was there's a lot of documentaries out there. That's you know like POV POV shots and shaky sure. and that stuff. Adam did a great job capturing the stuff that he did, so um, I'm happy with that. I could have. I mean, I ended up with about 10 terabytes of footage, wow. like hundreds and hundreds of footage. So it was really, you know, like I I spent a couple of days with Adam in my editing suite, just going brushing through the the footage so it was in the end it was like he had a he had a hand in what goes in the film because you know like he had this obsession that it had to be told chronologically so my producer side is yeah. you know like i want to remix remix the whole film and things doesn't have to be in order as long as it's compelling so it really is a true honest it's an honest film it's chronologically told
0: yeah did you after you watch the first half of footage, are you communicating with him, asking him for different shots, more of something less of something
1: um yes and no i, I would usually yeah. ask the main thing I asked was wide shots, I need more wide shots because you know okay. like we need, we need to take a break from all the talking heads
0: um yeah sure
1: yeah that was that was that was the main thing on my end,
0: yeah um. That's that's just fascinating. What did he was he he sort of got to his um destination? Um like in the nick of time, because you know, three quarters of the way through he's sort of wondering whether or not he's gonna make it. Yeah. Um it's getting darker earlier, it's it's getting colder. Um was was he and I'm curious, you know, cause you mentioned that, you know, making this film, it wasn't his, taking these shots were not his priority. He was obviously in a race against time. Was he, was he, was he angry at all in terms of, ah, oh, why am I making this film? This is ridiculous. I've wasted so much time.
1: I think that that whole insecurity um, feeling happened in post-production during okay. the time there was really no there was no room to feel doubt. He yeah. he's so intensely focused and passionate about about the whole thing that um it just needed to get done, even though you can see it in his eyes that it's really wearing on him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like hiking, portaging, dragging the canoe, um for twelve hours, sometimes more at a mm-hmm. time. Um but the insecurity aspect happened afterwards. It's like, what are we making here exactly? And I yeah. think that's normal in any in any passion project venture.
0: Sure. What? Um, how how long did this whole endeavor take for you in terms of making this film?
1: Um, that's a multi layered question. So <laughs> I will just say it took two years.
0: Okay. So so take me through those, those those steps and those layers.
1: So we shot the film. <coughs> Excuse me. We shot yep. the film. Uh, it was, we, I broke it up into three different legs. The drop-off, the middle point, the end point. And then there's the assembly of the film. Because I edited the film as well. Yeah, yeah. There's the editing, and then there's the back and forth, the revisions amongst my team. Everyone had a lot of say. So part of my job was also... <laughs> Taking in, considera- in, taking in consideration what I need from the film and what other people's—maybe uh, I should say that again—taking into consideration what I needed from the film, but also um, taking people's feedback, whatever yes. was good for the film. You know, I had to—I fil- had to filter it. Obviously, somebody had to. Um, and then there's the score recording with the musicians. That was a feat in itself but with the musicians with the score aspect of the film I think they really did a bang-on job because Cheryl one of the musicians she's she's a cellist Cheryl Ockrent she um she's an adventurer herself oh wow she understands what it's like to go off into the woods alone for days at a time so I really relied on her and Megan and and Nelson and Mike to um Shape the film in that regard, um, give it, give it a flavor, give it personality, give it texture. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then there's deluxe post-production house who did our finishing of the color and the sound. They also did a great job helping us with our little you know, little passion project documentary film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a learning process for me. You know I've never really worked as an editor. Um, I've never really worked with a professional um, post house before. So that was, I feel like after, after that experience, I feel like I can say I uh, I graduated from making uh-huh. short films to, to feature. Cause that was, cause that was, I was wearing two hats, the director, the artistic side, and then the editor, the more technical mm-hmm. aspect of it.
0: So what, what did you learn from, from this whole experience as a filmmaker?
1: I learned a lot about people. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Dealing with different personalities and yeah, people number one. Mm -hmm. I I learned that, especially with nonfiction, you know, film projects, you kind of have to manage. Well, first you have to be a salesperson, selling your idea to get your team on board, and then you have to hold people's hands sometimes manage expectations personalities manage my own expectations and personalities um mm-hmm. and also just the technical editing you know like um having my editing timeline work with a professional post house timeline it had to be organized in a sense so um yeah i went from using final cut pro to premiere so a lot of that stuff was self-taught. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, I, I learned a lot.
0: So going, going into this project, I'm, I'm trying to get into your head here. You, you, you must've had sort of an expectation or, uh, you know, thoughts in your mind. This is how I believe it's going to look, you know, when, uh, when Adam comes back and we're done with this thing compare that to the Whistler film festival and watching it in an odd, you know, with an audience. Yeah. What, what is, is it what you thought it was going to be?
1: I knew, I knew from the beginning, from the beginning, I knew from the beginning that um, my whole vision for the film was this quiet adventure film. Mm-hmm. Um. And I would say I was I was pretty consistent with that vision. And I think we, at the end of the day, we executed that. So, and seeing the film, you know, just from my little editing um, suite to the big premiere at Whistler, it was, I would say that's the payoff. Yeah. Filmmaker, especially having a full house. We had two screenings at Whistler. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the audience, feeling their vibe, you know, they would chuckle in certain moments that I didn't even find funny, but they found it <laughs> funny so All right. it was that that's the payoff for me um and and the vision I would say on my end has been pretty consistent with okay. what the finished product is
0: yeah i are, are is it are you looking forward to doing films like this
1: yeah, I feel like. I, I said I said to you earlier that I'm a homebody at heart, and that's very yeah. true. <laughs> that's why the soul self isolation quarantine is kind of it's easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I say that now, three weeks in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry, Kerry, what was the question?
0: That's, I, I was I was wondering whether or not you know the experience that you got from this, whether or not you know these sorts of projects are something that you oh, want yeah. to see, to do more of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm a homebody at heart and uh so like I, I attach myself to these adventure projects and you know, with the Arctic experience I got introduced to this team of women who are rowers and um they plan to be the first ever Canadian women team to cross the Atlantic. It's the Talisker Whiskey Talasker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, which is a wow. rowing a rowing competition from Antigua, sorry, from Canary Island to Antigua. Um, so, I mean, with the, with the whole quarantine happening, self-isolation pandemic happening right now, mm-hmm. it's, everything's on hold. So I'm hoping that that will happen next year. Cause that's set for next year, December, 2021.
0: They want to do this like in those Olympic style boats.
1: Yeah. There's actually a similar documentary out there. Huh. Um, about these uh, British women who crossed the Pacific, actually. So I mean, that is
0: nuts! Oh my goodness gracious!
1: I know, <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking about the logistics of that. <laughs> it's it's, it, it's uh, it has similarities to Alone Across the Arctic. Yeah, but wow. uh it makes it special for me because it's you know like telling it, telling a story through. Um, their perspective, you know, like I have three sisters, so I'm very, I have a very close relationship with women in my life mm-hmm. and my mom too. So I would love to tell a female perspective story. Yeah. And, and I've recently shot their 24 hour straight rowing challenge. Okay. In, uh, end of February. So that for me, that was the ultimate epitome of beast mode. They went 24 hours straight
0: growing that's <laughs> incredible so that that's, was a space test that's incredible so like i, I, I was <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> as i was watching this film i you know it seemed like adam was getting on certain days he would get like three hours of sleep yeah and there's one piece in there where he's he's dragging the canoe you know in shallow water and he like he hops up onto a rock and i go where the heck did you get that energy i was just yeah. tired watching it
1: yeah. um
0: and I go, how does he have the energy to pull to walk um and then you come across a grave and human skulls and oh my goodness gracious I, it's it was you know we're here in week three of isolation he did like four months
1: yeah
0: of uh of this that's that's just outstanding that's, um,
1: that's what makes adam into this hero i think because he he looks the way he does but he's unassumingly strong he's very strong um and it really is the test of the human spirit because you can see in the film by the end he was he was really wearing he he actually got thinner he expected to gain weight actually but he ended up losing weight
0: sure i can imagine that um
1: But I think by the end of it, it was, it was, it was his mind. It was his drive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just the, uh, I I can imagine, you know, being in beautiful scenery, but to see those animals and uh, yeah, just land that has like literally never been touched before, or if it has been like by very few people. Yeah. Um, Does this make you want to go out? And do this sort of stuff yourself?
1: I, I did a I did an interview and that was one of the questions and I answered it by uh if I were to do it, I would do the exact opposite of what Adam did. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> I would take would, tons of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean I would I would just be reckless and you know Pulling crazy stunts. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's a fantasy. Doing yeah. exactly the exact opposite of what Adam did. Um, on my own, I have thought about it, but I wouldn't even touch it, you know? Yeah. I I would. I don't know if I would survive, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. The, the, the only thing that I can – I mean, I've, I've gone camping with, like, scouts and, you know, the family. You know, you do this car camping at, at uh, Algonquin. Yeah. Um, I, that's the best I've done. I've gone on my own camping. Oh, you have? Like Al, Algonquin, though. You know, it's, it's, you know, you set up your tent and your car's right there. Yeah. You, know, you, you stay for a weekend. You know, but Still,
1: you've
0: done it. Yeah. Just, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't tell Adam that I've done it.
1: <laughs> no, he would probably commend you. He wouldn't mm-hmm. laugh at you. He you would know? commend you. Like, good for you. That's the first step.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you tried spruce tree? Sp- Sorry, true. not spruce tree. Spruce
1: tea no i haven't i am curious though
0: yeah yeah we've got some spruce around our neighborhood here
1: oh um, did adam inspire you to do that
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking of doing that I'm thinking you know later today or this week when i go for a walk yeah. to uh to uh to make some spruce tea and uh
1: i think you should do it it's yeah a source some vitamin c
0: yeah absolutely yeah and, and then that glue
1: yeah that glow, you when you fix this tent yeah, I know. It's it's like MacGyver stuff, right?
0: Yeah, you must have tons of that sort of footage where he's sort of figuring things out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I included as much as I could, but obviously yeah. you can't include everything.
0: Is there, that which brings to me this, this sort of question here, was there footage that, that Adam really wanted in this film that just, you know, for reasons whether it was timing or whatever, that just didn't make it?
1: No, it's the other way around. Oh, wow. It's the other way around. It's footage that I wanted included so bad to the point where it was, it was a debate. Like communicating with him in the editing aspect of the film, it's like if you have a strong opinion, you have to plead your case. You have, yeah. to, you have to make an argument for it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, sure, we'll take it out. Oh yeah, sure, we'll include it. You had to like really create a case for yourself. Wow. Um, but for me, it was the footage of more of the backstory, the family aspect, the friend, oh. the fiance, the mother. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted to include all that stuff, but Adam was like, "No, it, they weren't part of the planning of the expedition. So, you know, this film needs to be focused in the expedition only. So that was tough for me because I knew in any documentary project, I'm all about just gathering a whole bunch of footage and then shaping it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if in the early stage you take all that away, it's like, well, I mean, that's going to be tricky for me because I need all the, I need all the crayons and the tools so I can color accordingly. You can't take away certain aspects before I even start.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. You know
1: what I mean? So that was tricky because I, I was looking at it from a, Audience standpoint, where it's like you know, people want to, people want to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's a different project. Yeah. Well, I, I. It
0: seems he seems so unassuming, and yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. Like what a, you know, for I guess the both of you for him actually doing the journey and, and getting all that footage, and you yeah. know, you and your team putting it together. This was just like an outstanding film. I thought at first, okay, I'll just watch this and I'll sort of tootle around the house as I'm watching it. But like mm-hmm. I was sitting there, you know, not missing a thing. And this was like, you know, people are watching Tiger King during <laughs> this isolation. You know? I said I sat down and watched this and I said, I'm so happy and uh and, and mm-hmm. so glad. And I can't wait till it comes out whether it's on, you know, a streaming place or whether there's a, a full release that people can go and watch it. But there is is definitely something
1: there is so we actually it's gonna be out on apple tv it's available now for pre-order oh wonderful we're finalizing the release date um hoping that actually it is finalized it's going to be on apple tv's um earth day release april
0: 21st oh that's amazing
1: and theatrical release by our um theatrical distributor demand films Mm-hmm. is set for august 10th that has been pushed back twice because of what's happening right now you know cineplex sure. is closed so um august 10th is what we're looking at, the theatrical release and april 21st for streaming release on later Apple.
0: this month that is awesome yeah. that is great news francis
1: yes it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen congratulations on on this film it is really really amazing Thank you. um if if people want to I guess sort of follow up and learn more about, you know, you and your filmmaking and your, in your other projects, um, you know, where, where can they go?
1: People can uh, go on my Vimeo page, uh, vimeo.com slash Francis Luda or picturehousefilms.com.
0: Awesome. Francis, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it
1: and uh, all the best. Thank you, Kareem. Thank you.
0: Hi, this is your host, Kareem Kanji. We all know by now that our frontline healthcare staff here in Toronto and across Canada are doing their utmost best to fight off COVID-19. And we're doing our part by isolating in our homes and practicing social distancing. However, there's so much more that we can do during this pandemic. One of these things is by not buying and using medical grade face masks for personal use when we must go out into public, like buy groceries. Dr. Jeff Powis of Michael Guerin Hospital in East York, here in Toronto, has issued a challenge. This is what he says. With the current pandemic, there is a worldwide shortage of personal protective equipment. To keep our community safe and healthy, Michael Guerin Hospital is issuing a challenge to all East End sewists to collectively make 1,000 masks a week. We want to see all East Enders wearing a fabric mask when they need to be within six feet of other people especially vulnerable populations and the elderly. Which brings us to a really neat initiative being led by Toronto-based menswear company, King & Bay. It's called the Shirt Off Your Back Face Mask Challenge or hashtag S-O-Y-B Face Mask Challenge. They've created a simple step-by-step video tutorial on how to make an effective face mask. You can create the masks for personal use or donate them to the Michael Garron Hospital, as King and Bay are doing. For more information on how to support the Shirt Off Your Back Face Mask Challenge, please visit mykingandbay.com, or go to Twitter and Instagram and check out the hashtag, S-O-Y-B Face Mask Challenge.